the latest episode of Living Your Best Life. I'm your host, Rebecca Miller. Today, I'm talking to Chrissy Bellinger, the creator of The Inspired Little Pot. Chrissy is about to release her third book, Naturally Inspired. Chrissy's mission is to inspire people to live a natural life free from avoidable toxin and is passionate about education. Chrissy is such an inspiration and I love her passion. And I can't wait for you to hear her story and how Chrissy is living her best life. This episode is one not to be missed. Chrissy Ballinger from the Inspired Little Pot. I feel absolutely blessed that I get to spend some time with you. You came into my life when I was doing the skincare experiment and um, was educating on ingredients that were found in skincare. And I loved that you reached out to me. And the great thing about um, our relationship is that you have actually opened my eyes that it's not just skincare. It's every, basically every household product, everything that we do, there is hidden little toxins. Now, you've gone from um, an inquisitive mum that started to research ingredients to now being a household name impacting the world on how to live a tox-free life or, you know, as tox-free as you possibly can be. I'd love to hear how, um, you know, your story has evolved. It's been an authentic story and um, I'd love you just to share with us how you've gone from being inquisitive to now a household name. Well firstly thank you for having me and I admire you completely and the things that you're doing in this space so well done. (laughs) Um, As far as it goes with me and my story there are no earth-shattering moments like I don't have a grand story to tell everybody when it comes to how I began this journey it was really just an awakening I suppose and um, the, the moment for me, you know, realizing that we were focusing so much on how healthy we were, um, and basing that on, you know, our physical activity and our, um, the food we were putting in our mouths and then realizing that there's so much more to it than, than just that. And, um, you know, I was, I was a mom at home with a two and a four year old. And one day I just noticed the ingredients in a packet or a bottle. I couldn't even tell you what it was and I don't even think that's important. I think the important thing was is that I started paying attention and um, and then when I started researching, it, it, the thing for me was how, how have I never noticed this stuff when I'm an educated person, I, you know, completed a university degree and I went on to teach health and phys ed to students, for, you know, primary and high school level for seven years before having my own kids. But how did I never really pay attention to what we were putting on our skin and spraying around our homes? And and I was, but I knew so much about what was going in our bodies. So I just started researching and, you know, got a lot of Google just to enter a bit of, um, you know, data and get a whole stack back. And um, I looked at multiple sources and as soon as one red flag came up about something or there was research out there, um, it made me dig a little bit deeper. And what it did was it planted this seed of doubt in my mind on, and I lost faith in what I was being told by, you know, the giants and these big companies, even small companies who were telling us that they, what their products could do and how safe they were and how awesome they were. Um, and so that just, that just got me a little bit um, more conscious about decisions I was making. Now, the issue was for me that it was so confusing to go shopping and find products that I believed to be okay, because if there was a seed of doubt, I would leave it. So 
rather than kind of go, oh, I'm not sure about that one, but that's okay. I was like, well, I'm not sure about it. So I'm going to leave it until I am sure or I need to find an alternative. And, um, you know, since I began this journey, you know, around about five years ago, there's a lot's happened. Like there's a lot more companies and businesses doing the right thing for us, but then there's others who are just getting a bit smarter about how that they market their products and um, rather than leave it to them to make the decisions for me, I went, I'll just make the decisions and I know I'll make some of my own stuff. And, you know, a lot of people are doing it now, but even five years ago, there weren't that many people doing it. It was still, I got looked at funny when I told people I made my own deodorant and I felt like I really had to convince them that I actually works, like give it a go. But it's a lot more accepted now, that's for sure. So my journey began there. It began with having concerns over what I was being told was fine and safe and what, you know, what was okay to apply on my children and, and you know, use around my home to taking control and, and just um, realising that it's actually really easy. If we can get in the kitchen and bake a cake, we can get in the kitchen and, and make our own, you know, magnesium oil or body scrubs it's there's no different once you have a recipe you've got a formula you've got the ingredients and it's really quite simple and do you think that it is that uneducation around looking at the back of labels I know um, for us personally because we're we're obviously dealing with a lot of uh, you know skin um, that we see natural organic um, you know things and and a lot of the time these products aren't natural and organic you know they're those buzzwords and when you actually flip over and start to investigate um they that we sort of can't always believe what we see Mm. so obviously for me when it comes to skincare I always say to our clients turn the product over see Mm. you know when they come in with skin reactions so um when it came to um, looking at ingredients, did you were you surprised at things like perfume and um, you know that so many chemicals can actually be hidden behind ke- uh, perfumes in our and our you know in our skincare products or household oh. products? Yes, so I'm shocked. I still have a feeling of disbelief when even just listening to you then and talking about natural organic. They are currently real hip buzzwords and everyone's using them. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of regulation around the use of that word or those words. So um, there's a lot of, you know, we call it greenwashing where companies find clever ways to use the word eco or natural or organic or, um, you know, green or earth in their product titles or on their packaging and the average person and I don't I don't blame them like when you see that you think like the amount of times I've heard people say to me I use this because you know it says earth on it or and I'm like it's actually not I mean good for you because you're trying to make the right decision but look a little deeper it's actually not that much better than you know a lot of the other stuff that don't use those words so um yeah, I still feel disbelief and, and, and almost frustrated and, and um, I want to almost say angry at times, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I channel that in a very constructive and, and proactive way that these ingredients are making their way into products and perfume is my biggest pet hate and, and my biggest tip to anybody who, you know, wants to live a healthier life and wants better skin and wants better airways and less headaches and a healthier home is to ditch anything that has fragrance, perfume, perfume, 
any of those um, on in a product, regardless of where it appears on the list, I would say just just leave it, avoid it, unless it's specifically stating that it's from you know naturally derived from essential oils. Um, I, I would definitely leave it. So yeah, that's where I'm at with with those ingredients and um, and the back of, of packets and. Yeah, raising awareness, I think, for people to turn it over, like you say. Just have a look at what's in it. And if you're not sure, there's some brilliant resources out there that can educate you and um, and then you need to set your standard on what is okay. So are you are you needing a 100% clean product? If that's the case, maybe just apply a jojoba oil to your skin each day. Or are you okay with just a, you know, 80-20? So majority of the ingredients are okay and I'm okay with that I know there's a couple you know you know I'm not sure about so it, it's deciding where you are in the journey and um yeah everyone's in a different place and I guess um for years we have um uh we haven't been conscious of you know your, your bench sprays your dishwashing pellets mm. your washing powders even the clothes that we wear and mm. how um you know that the world you know we're, we're in a world that is consumed with so many chemicals that of course we're starting to see the effects of that with um you know we've got um you know hormonal um diseases for women chronic diseases on the rise we've got you know your your depression anxiety we've got mm. you know all these things that actually affect and have a, a you know an effect on the endocrine system, and just being able to educate women um, on you know this. And do you have people that reach out to you? You know, somebody that does suffer from headaches, they've realised oh. what is it? Uh, you know, thirty five percent of the population actually uh, allergic to perfumes, and mm. sometimes they don't even realise that's what no. it is. You know, you know what? It's people who are intolerant to certain things but we we become so accustomed to feeling a certain way we don't realize we don't feel great until we feel better and in my instance I I just I'm, I'm generally a healthy person I, I I do suffer from headaches I do believe them to be hormonal they definitely have reduced um but they definitely are uh, set off by fragrance in particular when people are wearing strong perfume that's the worst one or if I go into a public toilet and they're spraying the fragrance um, if I if I can find the way to switch them off I actually switch them off or like stop them because I feel like I'm doing this public uh, service by, by doing that but um, people don't realize how good they could feel until they get to a point where they are feeling better and they look back and go, actually, yeah, it was, it was my, um, it was this that was setting off my child's eczema or it is this that was setting off my um, irritated eyes and nose or, you know, they, I thought it was just allergies. I thought it was hay fever. I thought it was the whatever he was eating, but actually it was that thing that I was applying or spraying, not knowing any better. And just back to your point about you know, all of the, um, the the way our clothes feel and smell and dishwashing tablets and all of that stuff. It's like we got lost. We got really lost somewhere between, I think, maybe my grandparents' generation um, or perhaps when they were born, you know, like the early 1900s, in my opinion, to where we are now. Mm. In the middle, we got so lost in this excitement over convenience and having um having things done so quickly and so easily and 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 you know marketing is great now and they make us think that we need things that we don't really know that we need them until 
they tell us we need, then we go, yes, I must have that in my life. And then we get used to it. So um, I think a shift there in not being so um, reliant on things being done quick and easy, you know, having that mental shift and making better decisions and just simplifying things. We realise we don't actually need them. Exactly. And taking us from that point is I've noticed that you have actually decided to become, you know, minimise all, you know, your clothes. You want to share a little bit about that and what's made you decide to do that? Yeah, it's it's like a um a journey that I've gone on personally, and you know I I'm blessed to have a, a, an audience that will you know listen and get inspired, and you know a lot of them jump on board as well, which which spurs me on even further. But I well, like I said, I started off it started off with health of the body, and you know from a very young age, I majored in health promotion, so I've always been interested in that, and the focus was always kind of you know food and exercise, and then it evolved to chemicals and then it kind of got to this point where I really I looked beyond myself and my family to the greater space and the planet that I want my children to be raising their children on and that required me to look you know a lot just wider and simple things like um you know simplifying my wardrobe is such a small thing but I realized how much we I like to shop. Well, I did like to shop a lot and I would use, I would say things like, but I, I just need to, to get out because it's like retail therapy for me and it's therapeutic. And I'd say things like this and I was cool with that. And then I realized that my wardrobe was bursting with clothes and majority of them I would never wear. So late last year, I decided to just um, strip it right back to, now I, I know there's people out there doing 30 items <laughs> for three months now. I can't do that and yet I can't do that yet so I stripped my wardrobe down from not even joking 275 pieces of clothing to that included pajamas and all house you know like trackies and jumpers and stuff to 100 items but I'm being very strict on those 100 items that's my entire wardrobe for the whole year so I've got you know my winter stuff my summer stuff my in-between stuff my trusty jeans and my tops that go with everything and you know big coat and it's the whole lot and the feeling I have to have simplified that is so empowering to me because I walk in my wardrobe. I don't have many decisions to make. Not I'm overcome. owning it. Yeah. Everybody knows I'm doing it. So I went to a concert on the weekend and there was the group message was what's everyone wearing? And I said, probably something you've already seen because I don't have that much in my wardrobe. A hundred still a lot. But still, you have your trusty stuff you keep wearing. So my goal would be to strip that back further at the end of this year. And the stuff I haven't worn in one whole year, I don't need it. And we buy too much and we throw too much out and we we spend, I think it was um, Forever 21 had an ad, um, American company for clothing just last week. And it was like less than $2 for a piece of clothing. And I thought, okay, that opens a whole can of worms. Firstly, what, what quality has, is that? who made it and what did they get paid to make it? Mm. How long is it going to last? And you're going to end up throwing that out and it just goes into landfill, you know, in six months, less, three months, maybe after three wears. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm sort of looking after the planet in one small way by doing this and then it knocks onto everything like using plastic at home and not mm. lining Conscious. Yeah, you become more conscious and more aware of all the little decisions you make and how it impacts 
everybody else, not just yourself and what your need at that particular time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense mm. because I think we do um, take a lot of uh, a lot for granted. Uh, you know, we're in a tech savvy world now that, um, and we just trust labels we trust um you know we've taken we've taken so many things for granted and we're walking around so unconscious of you know what we're using what we're putting on our bodies what we're using on our skin and then you know there is lots of um repercussions and it's not until as you said somebody you know they either have an allergic reaction or they realize they're not feeling good everybody wants to feel good and if you can make simple little uh, changes for us we teach the skin quadrant and it is you know being aware of ingredients not only in your skincare but on your body in your home um, what foods you're eating whole foods making sure you're getting enough sleep self-love and um you know and and um supplements that you take that's another area where we cannot believe everything we read even when it comes to food we have to really become more conscious and that's why i really wanted to speak to you today so chrissy how did you go from being a mum that was experimenting with products to now having amazing books and um uh you know what inspired you to then go pen to paper I'm going to do this. It was a very, um, I suppose when I look back, it was quite quick, but at the time it felt very slow and I just sort of went, oh, people want to know this. So I would, I would do it. And I went from making stuff in my kitchen and going, wow, I can't believe I can't tell the difference between the, you know, the Omo or the whatever washing powder I happened to be using. I couldn't tell the difference between that and the stuff I was making. So I was like, awesome, tick that off the list. And then, you know, came the deodorant and the sunscreen and whatever. But I told people, friends about it. And um, some of them were like, interest was peaked. And then they told their friends. And I thought, oh, I'll start a Facebook page because that's what everyone did five years ago. And, um, and, and probably still doing, which is great. But I'll just share it, you know. And I was so excited. I remember the day that my Facebook page hit 100 people and I was like, oh, my God, 100 people's lives are going to change now in some way because they'll see what I say and they may or may not at the time, but they'll action it at some point. This is really exciting. And then it kind of just took off where people wanted to know more and I quickly hit 1,000 and 2,000, 10,000. It went up and up and up and I went, right, there's a need for this. So I started running... Um, workshops probably six months after my page started um I ran a workshop a local workshop where I just shared some information with people and made a couple of things and then I realized at this workshop that people were like awesome I can make my own washing powder but where do I buy all the stuff so for me that was a bit of a gap at the time where no one knew where to get it or they knew you could buy it from you know woolies but was what how was it harvested how was that particular ingredient harvested and and um, manufactured and brought into Australia as Australian all these different things so I thought oh, I've got an idea what about if I sell a couple of things so I can sell the ingredients for washing powder so I did I started doing that and I started with a couple of things and you know was bagging it all on my dining room table and had a really basic website and working out of my home study and then before before I knew it, you know, demand kept growing because I started writing new recipes for heaps of things that you couldn't just get from your pantry. So um, I, I do deliberately keep my recipes very straightforward and simple for 
with the vision that it will encourage people, it's sustainable then because if you haven't got 100 obscure ingredients to think about and maintain in your pantry, you're probably more likely to keep going. So um, a lot of what I was writing was the same basic recipe uh, ingredients like shea butter and sweet almond oil and um, beeswax and whatever. So I thought, oh, well, I better get those things in. So I got the best beeswax, you know, that I could find in Australia. So 100% Australian owned. And I started stocking that and shea butter, you know, was the, the best unrefined shea butter you could get from, you know, Ghana via an Aussie. And anyway, so then it grew to that. And um that really quickly then took over my theatre room, which, you know, was awesome and I quickly needed to get a few people in to help because it started getting busier and busier and it just kind of got to the point where I was still writing recipes. Um, people were needing to buy, you know, the ingredients and it, it evolved like that um, until June last year where we moved into a warehouse because we thought I can't, I need my house back. It was the garage was overtaken, the lounge room was overtaken, the theatre, the, the study, everything. So um, we moved into a warehouse last year. With with the books though, that, that first book, the inspired little book, was going to be the only book I wrote. I didn't even necessarily want to do it. I kept getting asked is there one place I can get your all of your recipes? It'd be really great if you just had a like a little booklet. And I was like, okay, cool. So I got quoted, I think, for an 18-page booklet. And as of course, as I started writing it, I had this most amazing photographer taking beautiful photos. I was like, oh, we'll increase that. You know, it got bigger and bigger to be 108 pages. And yeah, that that went gangbusters. Like I think I saw maybe 15,000 of those books. Um, then the demand was there to write the second one. And now of course the third one, which is your everything this, it's all inclusive. So the first two is only a touch of cleaning, whereas this one is half of the book is pretty much cleaning and, um, and looking after your home. And it's like your, it's like a DIY kind of Bible, a lot of information in there about, um, why, why I'm on this journey, but why I would love for more people to join me on this journey and things we need to look out for. And, um, so there's a bit of education in there as well, but it was a very slow, but fast, um, <laughs> like journey, if that makes their process. Yeah. Yeah. So when you come up with your new recipes, we have to know the nitty gritty. What's the process? What, 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 you know, what inspires you? What, how do you come up with these new recipes? Do you just sort of go around the home and go, right, okay, going to do that? Or yeah, yeah. even your beauty products, your bath bombs, every, everything. I mean, there's, there's, you've got a recipe for everything. How, how, how do you come up with the process for a new recipe? Do you know, um, when we, back to simplifying, I don't think we need as much as we think we need. So I think that the one cream could now you'll differ. <laughs> You're a lot more educated in the skin area than I am, but I'm very simplified in so many areas of my life. And I use this, you know, I'll often use the same body oil for my face as I do to rub on my heels before I go to bed. If, if that's all I've got on the shelf, I'm like, well, this is fine. You know, I can use it all over the place. So I, I probably don't have as many recipes that are specific as I could for the reason that I figure if you're going to sustain this journey, then let's make it as simple as we can for you. Yeah. And use that, use that body cream when you've rubbed it into your skin and whatever oils left on your hands, just rub it through the ends of your hair because it's going to nourish you that, you know, your dry ends and tame flyaways and stuff like that. But writing new recipes, I feel like to date I have covered everything the average person would need 
Um, and, and I feel like I've done it well and the feedback is really good on these recipes as well. But when I was creating those, I looked at what, firstly, I was using, what do I need a replacement for? And it was the essentials. It was the washing powder, the dishwashing tablets, the cleaning sprays and um, dishwashing liquid. Then, you know, it was the, the face cream, the body cream, the scrub, the magnesium oil, the sunscreen, all of those things. I looked at what was an active, safe ingredient same sunscreen, for example, mm-hmm. which is very controversial and, and I do encourage people research before they make their own and use it. And to be honest, staying out of the sun is the best defence you've got against the sun. But rather than buy your mainstream stuff, look into zinc oxide as, as a great ingredient that reflects UV rays rather than absorb them and, you know, do, do their business within your body. It kind of bounces them off. Um, and I knew that I could make a basic balm with just shea butter and oil, a carrier oil of some sort, and um, beeswax. And what could I add to that to make it into sunscreen? Easy, zinc oxide. So I played with that and I make it. And then deodorant was the same. I make it and then I use it for a long time myself. So I'm the only person using it going, how does this feel? Do I like it? Am I seeing results? Oh, it's a bit too soft or it's a bit too hard or I might tweak it because, you know, it's, it's not really doing what I want it to do. And then once I get to a point I'm happy with it, I'll share it with people close to me or, you know, I'll ask for volunteers to have it and try and tell me what they think. And then when I go, oh, yeah, this is actually great, I'll then write it up as a proper recipe and share it with people. And you know what? I've written plenty of recipes that have been tweaked and changed over time and, and I'm okay with that because they I've evolve. learned a lot. Yeah, we, you're just, you evolve. Yeah, the recipes evolve and I've evolved as a, as a person and, um, you know, I'm not a scientist with a laboratory where I'm, you know, I just, I go, you know what, I reckon if I put brown sugar and olive oil together, I'm going to get a really like, you know, moisturizing body scrub, like an exfoliator. So I do it and it works. I go, awesome. Let's, let's tell everyone that you could do this. And that's what people are loving. I think is the fact that it is so simple to make your own stuff. It's not a complex, difficult process. Like I said, if you know how to make a cake, or you can scramble some eggs, you can whip up a body scrub or a, um, a face cream pretty easily. Oh, that's amazing. So I have to ask you, what was your first recipe that you developed and which one is your favourite? Oh, it's like asking me which one of my children I love the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think back to the, I think right back, because I had a few that came out very quickly that to myself at home in my kitchen that I was trying. But washing powder, deodorant and sunscreen were the top three recipes that I made first. And, um, yeah, picking a favourite is difficult because I could pick a favourite based on the impact it has on the environment and I would go perhaps the washing powder in that regard. If I pick a favourite in terms of our bodies and what a lot of people are using and if they replaced it with this, that positive impact it probably would be the deodorant and the success rates with that deodorant is is crazy it's amazing um and it's all I use and it's it's all I need it works beautifully and I think once you look after your body from the inside as well you you notice a difference um when you stop relying on the commercial those antiperspirants that stop you from sweating and then the um the the cans that are basically just aerosol fragrance that you spray on your body but probably inhale half of it um once you move away from that you realize that you actually just don't smell like anything you don't smell bad you don't smell you just uh, a human that just is you know skin that smells normal (laughs) um and 
if I think about, you know, from a um, improving health, you know, kind of aspect, I'd say the magnesium oil is is something that I rely on now and most people don't realise how much they need magnesium until they start using it and they go, wow, I sleep so much better. And it's as simple as rather than pay $35 at the shops, it's as simple as combining magnesium chloride flakes, so not Epsom salt but magnesium chloride and water in equal parts in a bottle, shake it up and then spray it on your body, you know, before you go to bed. The um, benefits of that are huge, huge. And if you're not doing it, you need to do it because the sleep is awesome. When you're awake, you're awake. Your energy production, everything just feels wonderful when you have magnesium in your body. Exactly. <laughs> so, and sleep's so important. It's definitely the most underrated um, health and skin um, tip that we can give. And, you know, a lot of people don't realise they're not getting enough. So I'm very passionate about sleep. We actually have a sleep expert joining the podcast um, in the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to sharing all of her tips. So Chrissy, just to talk to you about, you know, um, as a mum, juggling a business and kids and a husband, um, how do you manage it all? What are some of your tips that you can give, you know, the mums out there that, you know, sometimes feel like they're a little bit snowed under? Do you take time out for yourself um, to fill your cup? And can you share what that that is and some of your routines that you've incorporated into your life for you to be living your best life? Mm. Um, when it comes to being a mum running a business, luckily for us there is a lot more focus on that, you know, across um social media and and that's where we're all at these days we're all on Instagram and Facebook and we're scrolling through and Mamma Mia has a a lady startup podcast which is awesome too because it makes you realize you're not alone so I think getting support from fellow mums like you and I we we met in person at the Oz Mum Awards and that was really great because we're in a room surrounded by women with children who are trying to make a go of a business or or have made a go and are succeeding really well, which is. And really I may cool. add to that that you were a recipient, uh, you know, that you did so amazing with making a difference and a woman that will be changing the world. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so I have to make mention of that because it was so amazing. So continue, Chrissy. Thank you. That was it. Was pretty cool um, acknowledgement. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so that helps is knowing that I'm not alone. There's lots of other people out there, but I won't lie. It's it's hard. Like there have been so many late nights and long days in between juggling and the thing with being a stay-at-home mum or a mum who's running a business because I suppose I'm not stay-at-home anymore but it's that real like I feel like I'm relied upon to to get my business going and maintain a presence on social media which is so important in our line of work you know because that is that is where everyone is but also then to make school pick up on time, to then have quality time with my kids, run them around to all the things I need to do, make them dinner, get them to bed, make sure they're happy before I go back into the office or back into the workroom or whatever it is to, to keep going. So that is hard. And I think owning, like acknowledging that, say, yes, it is hard today. And you know what? I've worked so hard. I'm knackered. I can't even be bothered. I'm just going to take time out and not feel guilty about the time that you do take out because what's the point in having time out if you're going to spend your whole time feeling bad about it? Um, so I have a very go-getter attitude as well, which definitely helps me personally. Um, and so I kind of go, you know what, I've 
I really want to do this and I can see I can see the end line and I can see what it takes to get there. So I'm gonna make a plan to get there no matter, you know, no matter what it takes. Um in in saying all this with my particular business, we just announced yesterday that we will um we will stop selling ingredients now to the public because I need to focus a little bit more on the edge of the education aspect and meeting people and doing events and podcasts like this and writing more recipes and you know when my book comes out I'll do a book tour and all of that stuff you know a few few things happening that I really need to invest my creative energy into that rather than um, spend my time running the day-to-day logistics of a busy online business and I think the key there for anyone who's interested is acknowledging your situation for what it is and being prepared to take a risk even if you're not 100% sure if it's the right thing to do if you've got all the education behind you in that decision and you feel in your gut that you could make a go of this not knowing the outcome but having you know an educated kind of um, idea of where it might go don't be afraid to follow your gut. gut instinct yes it, and for me it was huge gut instinct this this decision which actually happened embarrassingly quickly but it feels so right on every level and I'm really excited about it and I'm excited about educating people on the best possible quality products they can buy that are out there because I'm no longer supplying them but I will tell you where I got them from because I want you to continue on this journey and I, and I do believe that's the best path for me. In terms of me um, being um, like looking after myself and, you know, and all of the rest, the, the little things that I do day to day too because if I don't feel good and you would be the same, if you're yeah. not sleeping properly, you're not motivated, you don't have energy to pursue new ideas or be, you know, that person. You People want to tap into your creative space when you're not feeling so great. Exactly. And your energy, of, you know, managing our energy as well Like because we are so busy and, you know, we're mums, we're business owners, we're yeah. also we've got to try and find some time for our husbands who unfortunately <laughs> miss out. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're the taxi, the, the chef, the, the, uh-huh. the counsellor to the children plus the team. Um, managing our energy it's so important I'm so curious to know do you do you have a morning ritual or what are your yeah do you incorporate into your life on a daily basis that can inspire yeah. our listeners yeah uh, share with us please I think that um it's you know looking if you look after yourself first then everything else just happens really easily and naturally and you move about life you know feeling energized and feeling happy and positive and and all the rest so I my big thing is and I know you've done all of this is look after your gut so um and I do that you know with a obviously the food that I eat but also we take um pro we take probiotics I feel like that I've told probably 10,000 people that personally in my life when they've said, oh, I'm feeling so sluggish. I'm like, do you take probiotics? Because I think looking after your gut is so important to everything else. So definitely do that. Um, I listened to a, um, I watched a documentary on Netflix about two years ago and it's David Wolf and he was saying the first thing everyone should do in the morning is drink at least a litre of water to rehydrate our body and before you get going. So for the last two years, every morning I will fill a glass that I know holds about 330 meals three times before I do anything else in terms of 
putting food or drink into my mouth. So um, I really enjoy a morning coffee and, um, you know, we buy organic coffee beans so it feels quite guilt-free and probably beneficial to me. But I will make sure I drink my litre of water every morning before I do anything, you know, else or before I eat and whatever. Um, What else do I do from in terms of like my... Um, body I'm just trying to think I visualization is really important yeah. I think and you know making sure you get that we talked about sleep already and when you get your sleep expert in I've no doubt they'll shed some I'll be listening to that because I'm obsessed my husband recently had a work thing where they had a sleep expert from um, here in Perth who's based she's all over the world now too but the stuff he told me was fascinating how looking after yourself when it comes to sleep can impact so much. We know it, but hearing it, it was like, yeah, that's really cool. So getting, knowing your magic, I think everyone has a a golden amount of time that they need to sleep. And we all think it's more probably than it is, but it needs to be, it needs to be reasonable amount. So for me, it's about seven, seven and a half hours. So if I sleep too much, you're seven. Yep. Yeah. Do you find if you sleep too much that you feel worse? Yeah, exactly. So I always try to go to bed at the same time and I get up at the same time each day. Um, And, you know, no technology, uh, you know, for that little bit, you know, couple of hours before bed. Um, You know, technology's a big factor into why people aren't sleeping these days. Mm -hmm. It is something that we, even in our consults, we actually speak about technology. Um, Yeah. And, and as you said before, with social media being such a big part of our lives, um, you know, that you, you are on social a lot. Sometimes there is times you, you know, mm. you're on your techno a lot longer than what you thought. You jump on to do something, the next minute it's an hour's past. Being really mindful. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I've incorporated in is making bedtime a real ritual, having that beautiful silk pillowcase. Mm. Um, making it, you know, as you said, to have your magnesium oil. I actually take the sleep from Beauty Chef and it's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Turmeric and your anti-inflammatory ingredients and it just is beautiful. So, Mm. um, yeah, I I can't wait to have our uh, sleep expert and share that, but that's such a... Most people underestimate the power of uh, of getting a really good night's sleep. Quality sleep, yeah. And I think going before I go to bed every night, I visualise what I take time to be grateful every single night without fail for the things I'm grateful for I don't write it down I know you know people say write it down and you know it doesn't count as but it does it does it just taking a moment to be thankful for at least three things in in that day in your life it doesn't matter if you repeat the same things every day but but to be genuinely thankful I think grateful people live longer and they're happier but to visualize where it is you want to be what do you want from life are you wanting like I want my book to be in every, you know, Kmart, Big W, Target in Australia and I would love to see my book overseas purely for the impact that it will have on on individual lives that people who don't yet know that I exist. So I visualise that and I visualise myself travelling and meeting new people and personally connecting to families in Australia and standing up in front of, you know, a, a year eight class of girls who are, you know, looking to um you know make themselves smell pretty and look pretty and all those things that they think that they need and just showing them a different way like having an influence so I definitely think visualization is huge and we all need to think positively because you know like attracts like so if you're positive it'll come straight back to you 
Um, but exercise every single day in some capacity. Get your steps up every day and finding time to connect with other humans, not over. And it's easy for us to fall into a trap of um, getting, you know, stuck behind a computer screen and replying to all of these people and um, maintaining a presence. But getting out there and switching off and connecting with humans. So going out, you know, to a movie with girlfriends or taking, you know, the family, you know, for a picnic on a Sunday, whatever, but just having that time is super important to switch off and disconnect. And you know what? It's really funny. I talk to all these amazing women just like you that are impacting the world and they all have very similar um, you know, rituals that they do, the gratitude, the making sure you exercise every day, making sure you visualise, you know, exactly what you you want your life to be. It's quite simple and it's what it is is becoming conscious of your life and, mm-hmm. um, you know, slowing down a little bit. As you said, making sure you're having water, great sleep, all such amazing tips. So, Chrissy, what is next for you? You are, for me, I, um, you know, I just... I just look at you and you inspire me every day. You are easy to talk to. You really are, it's just all about impacting the world. Um, You're really changing the world. I think that your book needs to be in every household in the world, Mm -hmm. Um, even bigger than just Big big W, Kmart, every Mm -hmm. household. What's next for you? Uh, I think this this new chapter that, as I said, with us shutting down the... um, so the online store will still operate and it will still, there will be inspiration central there with lots of free, free stuff. I recently launched an online um, video based membership where it's free and you can see, I was, I was faced with the, um, with the decision and again, making decisions, being a, a businesswoman now and thinking what's the right thing to do and, and charging people to, to access this course. And then I thought, no, I'll make greater impact, I think, by offering it for free because then the average person, you know, mother like you who's trying to make ends meet and, um, you know, the lady down the road who, you know, just to be able to access, to see, if you can see it, you're going to do it. So if I show you, if I tell you right now verbally or in words how to make something or I show you how to do it, you're probably going to be more receptive to or responsive to me showing you because you can see how easy it is. So that I intend to grow more, that free membership aspect. But mm-hmm. I really want to, now that I take the focus away from the online shop, the product side of it, it really needs to be with connecting with more people, people I, I don't yet know 